0: Hello there. Today, I'm joined by Avelino, Matt, Alina and Alexander. Before we delve in uh, deeper into the topic of work-life balance in the gaming industry, uh, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Uh, Matt, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Matt Dixon. I've been in games for a little over 15 years. Um, did the majority of that at EA, um, looking after, started in the mobile industry, um, helping EA bring their games to more mobile platforms and new, new things like that. Um, and then left EA in August last year to start my own thing. Um, it's a company called Land Market, and we are building first a game called Blockmill, which is all about virtual property and management. Um, and we also have another IP called the International Institute of Virtual Land and Property, which we are trying to make as a governance tool um, for all of these new, wonderful games and products in um, virtual land and property.
0: Cool. Avelino? Yeah,
1: so my name is Abelino
2: Benavides, um, I worked at TA for the last three years and a little bit more. And uh, so I work as TDE, QEA, uh, engineering architect. Uh, and and I, what I do is I take the games to the paces, so I mistreat them, I, I punch them, I take away technical aspects of them. So uh, just to make sure that whenever we are ready to launch, um, it's a boring launch, so
3: in summary, I enable boring launches.
0: That's a very good sell. Uh, Alexander?
3: Hey, I'm Alexander. I've been doing games for the last eight years and focusing on the graphics and rendering stuff. I started my career in Russia and worked on Escape from Tarkov there. Later I worked on Rust, moved to UK, and now I'm in Sweden doing a lot of unannounced projects.
4: Lovely. And then Alida. Hi, my name is Elina Kazanji and I've been uh, a social media and community manager in gaming industry for more than six years now. Uh, currently I work for a Berlin agency remotely from Sweden. Uh, it's a freaks for you agency and basically uh, my responsibilities is helping different brands uh, connect with the gaming audience or uh, helping games connect with their community uh, and create fun and engaging content for them.
3: If you would like to speak on the future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast.
0: So now that we have a bit of context to, to each of you, who you are uh, and what you're up to at the minute, uh, let's move on to the topics at hand, topic at hand. So you all have a question based on uh, work-life balance in the gaming industry. As usual, we'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the context behind it. And then each of you will have, have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So let's first start with Alexander and your question, please, sir.
3: Yeah, but I've been thinking since like we're on a post-covid era and uh, most of us work from home, so I've been thinking was like working from home and from the office and what is better for the project and the company and what is better for employee. So uh, I would ask Mateship because he was on like both sides as an employee <laughs> and like a, as a CEO of the company, so he knows the most. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah thanks i'm um, not sure if i know the most but yeah i'll give some um some context to that i think yeah, you know, back in back in employment days last year and certainly when covid hit um it was an interesting world where everyone was all of a sudden evicted out of the office and everyone had to go home and there's a mix isn't there there's a mix of people that are used to working from home and then there's a lot of people where this is a brand new thing for them so there's an adaption period where Everyone has to get used to the benefits of working from home, but also there are struggles. Um, I think what I noticed jumping from employment and then to running my own thing is it's very difficult to start a business where everyone is remote. Um, it is a lot easier when everyone is in, in, in a single room. Of course, there's lots of tools that we all use now, whether it's you know Zoom, Teams and stuff. That we, we can all feel like we're in the same room, but it's still not the same. You still don't get that human connection to to really thrive on creativity and, and get stuff done. But then, you know, working from home and if you've got a very busy schedule and it just relies on you and your own personal skills to get things done, then it can be much more of a benefit to work from home. Um, and also that whole work life balance as well. You know, working from home, a lot of us used to commute into the office. You don't have to do that anymore. So you gain an extra hour each way. Um, so there are there are sort of swings and roundabouts um, to all of this world but from what I noticed is I certainly think and from people I've speaking to are running studios is they they love it and they thrive when everyone is in a room uh, when everyone is in a room and bouncing ideas off each other and things can just get done they can get iterated they can things can work much faster um, but then they do know that people thrive at home too so it's striking that balance of having people in the office and at home and i think the perfect solution is is to give people that choice um whether you're at home or, or in the office you know? mm. um i think you know from my perspective when we're building our company is i uh, i love seeing everyone in the team i love sitting in the room with everyone um i think most people enjoy that as well. So as long as we can give people that opportunity, then I think that's best for the business. Um, but ultimately giving everyone the tools and the environments where they can thrive in.
3: Uh,
1: yep, uh, I got you. Uh, it's a good one. I mean, for me,
3: I mean, in Force now, we kind of, uh, we have a rule that they need to work from the office, but of course we can't work from home sometimes. And since Force is also quite new, it's less than two hours yeah. as a company, And it's starting of the project, so it's good to, you know, to have everyone in office, because you can, uh, as you said, bounce ideas, brainstorm, speed up the process, especially at the beginning of the project. When you have something ongoing, I think it's a bit easier uh, to manage work from home, but in an environment like now, when you just started, uh, it's much easier to have everyone, like a short connection to you. Without like dropping a message via Slack or like calling via Teams, Discord, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, and it's also good if you're all in the same office, and if it's simple things like you know at home, and if I want to contact someone in the team and say, hey, can I quickly get your opinion on something, and they don't answer, and it's like okay they're busy doing something, but if you're in the office, you would know where they've gone, like oh they've just nipped out for lunch, or they've just gone to the you know, the the restroom or or wherever, you've kind of got a little bit more building on expectations of other team members of where people are. Um, so it's yeah it's a great it's a great world that now people have got the option to work from home, but it's it will never take away that. That just genius and creative spark that happens when you get people in games in one room, so
4: Elena, yeah, I wanted actually to jump in to say that I think uh. I mean, maybe it's bad to say that, but there are some good things we can look at uh, from the pandemic. And uh, I like that the companies now started to create uh, hybrid systems of work. And this is actually the system that I would love to work actually uh, like in the next month, because uh, I've been working from home for four years now out of my like six plus years of the career. And believe me, it can be pretty lonely here. Uh, So. I think the, the most perfect way, it's actually to, uh, when the project requires you being there, it's cool when you can be actually the office and connect with people, do your thing. Uh, but it's also cool when you can sometimes choose to actually yeah, work from home, especially when, for example, there are days when you're not feeling good, for example, but uh, you know, not, you're not really like sick, sick, but you're like getting sick, for example. So it's nice when you can actually stay at home and not waste time for going outside and also not getting even more sick out of going outside so yeah i think there are it's, it's cool that uh we can combine it now actually and i think that's the best way of working for me at least
0: avelino do you want to jump in here
4: yeah uh
2: so really I, I worked uh remotely before uh the So. It was almost second nature, but definitely not all people have been, uh, had that experience of <laughs> working remotely. Uh, anyways, most of our, uh, most of the people I interact with are not based in Sweden, so what, the, what I do recognize is that when, when we're in the office and when we're in the same location, there's a much higher information flow when things are communicated, uh, in advance, like informally. Um, which I really appreciate. Um, but, but then the, uh, the thing that I miss the most is building the report with the people, with, with the teams. Like, uh, we were going to meet the uh, people from different teams, but then the pandemic got in the way. Um, and, and, uh, but despite that, I think, uh, it's a matter of building the relationship and then the communication will flow better. Um, even if it's remote or face to face.
3: Okay, from my side, I think like um, if I'm like from the company and employer employer side, I like, okay, uh, it's possible to achieve the same performance and workflow remotely, but it takes much more energy and work from producers and managers to set it up. And it's much easier to do it like in a person when everyone is in the same room. It's easier to control it, is it like to speed it up if it's needed, but from employee side, I I can't even like work pro- properly if I go on a long distance working from home. I go, so for me, it's like I do all the stuff, work, hobby, and know, YouTube, Netflix, but the same room, same computer, and I just I don't leave the, this room. It's like it's mental prison kind of stuff. <laughs> so for me, it's struggle. So but yeah, I think it works if I have like you know two separate rooms where I can
1: have two separate workstations.
3: Yeah, in that case, it worked for me.
1: I <laughs> think you know it's interesting too. If you've mentioned that Alex and and Elena, I think about that mental health because yes. what I don't think what we realised is you know COVID kicked off as you said the pandemic and everyone got sent home and oh I'm can work from home now it's great. And then a few minutes few months in you started to notice it and we we're all in different environments. Some of us live in apartments, some of us live in houses, some of us have got kids and stuff, and it's all very different when we work from home. But what we did know is it gets lonely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's why I said that. Yeah, I agree with it completely. And like I just want to see people. I just want to know there's an outside world out there and you don't want to get cabin fever or that big brother syndrome where even the smallest things can feel like huge problems. So I do think that it is for all of us that are working from home is you've got to be disciplined to to get out there, even if it is just go for a walk or go and see people um because it does help your mental health because otherwise if you are locked in a room like you say alex that you sleep in you work in you socialize yeah you you <laughs> game in you watch netflix where are the boundaries between work and your own life um it, it's it's very tricky yeah yeah that's why for example on the lunch i had like a practice i always walk
3: for half an hour i went out from my home or partner just walk for 30 minutes and it works a bit <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, oh. I would just say it's, it's good to know to go to the office, meet the people, even if it's not your friends, it's colleagues, it's fine. You just speak about you know, some random stuff and it's something and it feels okay. There is a people around and they feel angry.
0: Yeah. Nice. Cool. So um, can we now move on to Avelino's question?
3: Yeah.
2: So my question is, what are your best tips and tricks for having phone hall meetings while having distractions at home? Um, Alina, what's do you click?
4: Yeah, that's actually a nice follow-up question after our conversation we just had, because uh, I've been, as I said, working from home for four years now, and it's actually took me some time to work out some kind of like a system. Uh, sometimes, uh, if I say all this, it fails because we move quite a lot uh, right now. So, you know, you have different workstations like once in a couple of months. But the main rule for me, I would say, is not to have a bed in the room where i work <laughs> because it's you know it's really like uh hard sometimes to uh not to think of oh i have like a five minute break you know like i can i can take like five minute breaks just lay down and i don't know like watch something like watch tiktoks for example and uh, then you basically get too relaxed and this uh, this was a problem for me for quite some time actually to because then I just lay down <laughs> for too long and uh, it's hard to, to get back into the pace of working again. Uh, so, this was one of the rules for me. And also, uh, I would say uh, when you live with someone, the best thing for me is to always say that I have a call, for example, especially when it's important one or with a camera, because there's been some situations of people walking in, you know, in like houseware, where <laughs> really comfortable and like, it's not something that that is nice for important calls. Uh, and uh, you, yeah, it's good if you can share even your like schedule, for example, with your family or like friends, wherever you're living with. Or sometimes I just say like, hey, I have, for example, this time I said, Hey, I have a podcast call. It will end uh, at around, I don't know, this time. So please don't enter my room. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this, this was like, a, I would say two things that I found out, uh, and that I use now, not to get too relaxed and to stay like in, in the work mood, I would say. Yeah. Uh, how about
3: you, Alexander? Uh, yeah, I fully agree with Alina, what she said, but I would like to add, like, it's good to have like a separate room as a workspace, not, not like shareable things with other, you know, like kids and family. And also if it's really a struggle, you can even have a lock on your door.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for me, it's, um, oh, the magic words, give me a minute and then I switch off the camera and the microphone. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. You can you cannot always close the door, or if somebody's at the door, or uh somebody decides to start vacuuming, or
4: yeah, <laughs>
2: things can happen outside your control. These like there are more things that can go wrong, and uh, that you can think of. And in general, I feel that everyone is very understanding. Um, it's fine saying like, oh, if you want, we can switch off the cameras altogether, or just unmute whenever you have something to say. You know, like,
1: yeah, I, I think from my perspective, we've kind of mentioned it a lot, but it is about setting those expectations because often you're living with a partner that's working as well. Um, my wife and I, we, sh- we share a calendar so we can see when, who's working, who's got something on. Um, and, you know, we all, lucky enough, we, we have the space. So when someone needs a quiet call, they can go into a quiet room and have a call. I think one of the other things as well that we've noticed is that when you dial into a call there is this expectation that you have video on now i think we've all got to remember that we don't have to have video on so yeah. you can have a call when you go for a walk you know you can go outside and have a call as long as you know you don't need to be in front of your computer if it's just to catch up with the team members and things do it on the move um you, you'll find that you'll still get a lot done and you'll get that fresh air and that space if you are if you've got that cabin fever um but it's It's tricky because I don't know how many of you've got kids on the the call today, but what I don't, what we've been very conscious of through COVID is trying not to use the word work because I don't want my kids to think work is a bad thing and also it's work that's taking mummy and daddy away. You know, it's, oh, I've got work to do and then you disappear off into a room for four hours and they don't see you. Um, I think it's just conscious on how we deal with that Um, because it's a different generation that's growing up through this and and we are seeing that effect take place. Yeah, that's an excellent tip.
4: Oh, I had actually another small uh, thing I remembered is that uh, sometimes it helps uh, when you actually like change from your home, uh, home clothes to like some kind of work clothes or just outside clothes because uh, for me it's bad when you feel like too comfortable when you just like sit in your pajama because again you don't have to use camera if you don't want to so you're just <laughs> you know too comfortable and uh, yeah at least for me it works that I get sleepy because I don't drink like coffee or energy drinks so I really need to like you know push myself that's why it's always good to change your clothes and you're like not too comfortable I would say.
2: One thing that I've experienced uh, is uh, maybe you've done your experiences is that with noise cancelling headphones, um, you sometimes don't hear what everyone else is hearing. Like, if, if there's like a riot happening outside the door, I might not hear it, but the people on the call will hear it.
4: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that's true. That's true. But it depends on your microphone, though.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's the. Uh, I forgot you. It's, yeah, it- those expectations as well when we jump on a call like hey my kids are next door if they run in apologies or or whatever i I don't think we apologize for it anymore do we Uh, but it's it's just about making everyone aware of the scenario and the situation that you're in um, and what they expect but if you do want to really distance yourself from what's going on at home and get rid of those distractions if it is kids and stuff then you you do have to go somewhere else you know get, get in another room or just just manage your diary properly um, to make sure you haven't got any interruptions but but it's interesting some of the things that people you know distractions aren't just people there. There, like you say, resting in bed, going on Netflix, looking on Instagram, is it being disciplined? It's a big thing.
0: Do you guys think that kind of the pandemic times and it being now more normal being on video calls, do you think people are more tolerant of distractions? So, like, I think me and Avelina were talking when we were talking last week about the BBC video that went viral of the, the expert talking about something, you know, politics, and then like his two kids or one child comes in, then the second one comes in, and then the mum comes in and is like super mum and just like drags like every you know all the kids out and stuff so like we all laugh at that and afterwards they then had an interview with the BBC with the whole family so do you think people are now more tolerant of I don't just mean children but if
4: there's a dog for example yeah yeah I would say yes because I have a cat and I think people even sometimes can get excited if it's animals because uh for me it's usually sometimes uh, my cat gets like on my workspace because he likes to like sit next to me and like i give him pets and stuff and i see the reactions where people are usually like hey like show me your cat you know like don't don't, please don't ask him to leave and things like that so i think it, it 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 can work both ways. I'm not sure I've never been in a situation where people <laughs> didn't want to see a cat. It's usually they get really excited so it's like an addition uh, to, yes. to a call.
1: <laughs> no no one's not that think tolerant is probably the wrong word because tolerance would mean that some people get annoyed by anything yeah you know? <laughs> I think people get annoyed not by your distraction but it's by your own performance. so if you can't if you can't answer a question or engage in a conversation because there's a distraction going on. Then you know some people might be like, look, can you just can you come back in five minutes, or can you solve that and come back? But I think um, as long as you can interact with the other people on the other side of the conversation, then that's fine. And if you've got a dog on your knee or a dog sitting down or a kid running in, then sometimes it adds a little bit of humour to the call. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. Um, so let's have a slight change in direction, uh, and then let's go um, with Elena uh, and your question.
4: Yeah, uh, I had a question that I see that, of course, we all are really into our work. So I had a question. What was the biggest opportunity you actually had to miss because of having to work? And uh, maybe now you look at it and you think that you could have done it differently. Maybe, by two, maybe you have because you have your own business right now. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this question. Um... I don't think there's been
1: when we say biggest opportunity I'm i've been quite good at managing work life throughout my career so i always kind of tried to do the things that i know will excite me and drive me along um i think it's the little things that you miss to be honest i'm going to change the word biggest to the little things that and it's things with the kids so you know when I'm, it's like, for instance, today I'm, I'm we're doing this podcast and my three-year-olds at the doctors having a three-year-old checkup. Oh, you know that's kind of a thing that you wouldn't mind going to to see just to check she's the right height and the right weight. And it's little things like that, like what's going on in the house while you're in the office working and you're missing those little interactions with the kids growing up and stuff so i I don't really say there's a huge big opportunity i couldn't go to this dinner or this event because i had to work um it's it's been more the little life events that you might miss out on that you come out of a meeting or you come back from something and you come in the house and you said oh such and such told me a hilarious joke or did this and and you missed that um but i think that's just Cause and effect of life really. You know, we, we choose to have a family and we know that we're gonna try and dedicate as much time as we can to them. Um but we we um we do this lovely thing called game development as well on the on the side. So we but I don't think it's a huge opportunity that's been missed. Just those little things that I think, could I do better? Could I look at those? Then they're all spontaneous things, so I couldn't really look at them better apart from being with them hundred percent, which I can't do.
4: Yeah, that's actually was the same answer for me when I was thinking about this question because, uh, I mean, I had some, like, vacations missed, of course, and some, like, family meetings or gatherings. Uh, but I agree that it's, like, the small things. But I had one big situation, though. It's, like, I missed a relationship because of work, basically, because it was my first job, and I was uh, uh, too bad, actually, at work-life balance, and I was so invested into, actually, like getting because it was an internship and I was really invested into getting the job and like starting my career in gaming and it was like my life goal so I actually missed the relationship because of that (laughs) but I agree about the small things because this is like I think this is the choice we do almost every week like sometimes to actually miss something small because you have to like maybe stay a bit later or even in your work hours you have to like reschedule things or you're maybe like tired of to work and things like that, but maybe, uh, Alexander have different thoughts on it.
3: Yeah. Uh, I agree with Matthew because I have like a kind of philosophy of the life. I only do what I really want to do. So even if I work, I do it for fun and like for pleasure kind of stuff. I would say like, the only thing I miss it? It'll be like little things as to mentioned is like day hours. Because most of the stuff I do, the cool stuff as a whole bit, it kind of relies on the sun and working hours. For example, I I do like mountain biking and downhill stuff and the bike parks work like from 10 to (laughs) five. So I can do it on like Wednesday, something, without like asking for it. It still uh, needs for me like working hours even if i get work from home or from office i still need to work like 10 to 3 or something so yeah that's the thing i miss
0: but then you are lucky that living in stockholm obviously in the winter it's, it's dark a lot but then in summer the sun shines most of the time so okay the bike
3: park might not- yeah the, yeah but, but yeah the, the hour still the is the summer it works yeah because i have like a sun till 1 a.m uh, what
2: okay. uh, For for my part i think um being being from a country that is quite far from Stockholm, I think the, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I take, as Alexander said, like it's not so much the biggest opportunity, but, um, events, just, just life <laughs> happening. So if something happens on the other side of the world and I'm traveling, uh, or, or I cannot leave work where it takes uh, two, three days to get a plane ticket, then I'm going to miss a <laughs> So those kind of things, um, are probably uh, the ones that, uh, yeah, I'll say I have to mute because of work, not so much because of the hours, but because of the location, like my, my parents are in uh, one side of the world. I live in a different part of the world. And um, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that I accepted when when, uh, when I started working in, in Sweden uh, and, or in Europe in general, something that, okay, I'm going to miss a bunch of stuff that happens uh, with my family and British in Mexico and France and so on. But uh, that's what it is. On the flip
0: side, um, and I'm asking this to everyone, maybe Alina, if you want to start, because this was your question, what's something that your job uh, or this industry has enabled you to do
4: that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do? Oh, yeah, that's actually a nice question. I think uh, travel a lot because uh, sometimes uh, you have to go to gaming events and especially it was a lot when I was working in eSports because there are lots of tournaments. You have to be there. You have to create content with teams and players. Uh, so that was actually the thing that, like, sometimes you go somewhere you would never go yourself, uh, especially, like, Not like the countries, but sometimes it's like a small town in in a country that you probably would go, but you wouldn't be in this town. So those are the nice things. And of course, like people, connections and the opportunity to work uh, with basically your dream job and like do what you always dreamed to do. So, yeah, these are the things for me. But maybe uh, some other people have different uh thanks maybe mate you
1: um
4: what yeah i'm trying to compare it to different industries um
1: I d- weirdly enough like avelina i came from the telecoms industry before games um where there was still a lot of travel there's still a lot of events sort of things. but i think what games does is because it is a creative medium and if you're a creative person you get to see it from the start right to the finish um, and then you even get to discuss your product that you've made with your players the people that use it which is quite a rare thing to do and iterate you know we're in a we're in an industry that is constantly evolving and changing and luckily enough as as alina says it's most people's passion which is cool you know to do something it's such a new industry if we look at it now you know when we were all kids oh i'm going to work in games it was this dream thing there wasn't very many companies i remember coming across EA when they had their office in Chertsey when I was you know very little I was maybe 10 and I saw the banners and everything and I was like wow wouldn't it be cool to work for them um and then fast forward and, w- and was there so it's this as you say a dream situation of being able to work on something that is is not just work in the in the apostrophe but something that's a passion too
2: yeah I think uh I agree with you it's a it's a uh, it's, um... It's a bit of a passion and uh, certainly it's a, it's a great topic of conversation. When you're talking with people, uh, what do you do? I make games, it's simple, uh, video games. Uh, if, if you work in the telecom industry, it's like, what do you do? You make phones? No, no, I work in the blah, 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 it's similar. Uh, games, it's it's, it's natural, everybody understands it. Uh, not everybody likes it, which it just makes the conversation more interesting.
3: Yeah, I would say for me, it's access to the conferences. Like from GDC to Seagraph, and also to the knowledge we can share with the people that also interested in the same stuff, but I think it's everywhere. And also an access to like big rooms, like cinema rooms to play games, <laughs> because now we have some really big one in the office, a presentation and stuff, but at the evening I can play there, <laughs> and of course I don't have that big CV or projector at my home. <laughs> So it's the toys then, the gadgets and the. Yes, yes. <laughs> the
2: the the yeah. it's should see my former colleagues when I tell them I have a PSI on my desk and get clean.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's what it is. I mean, it does feel like the gaming industry is one big community. You talk about GDC and these conferences and you go in and, it, you know, once you've been in the industry for a few years and you've built your network up, you do feel like you know everyone. Um, and it does feel like a bit. And when someone leaves, To a different industry, it's a bit of a shock. You're like, what? You're leaving gaming to go somewhere else. And usually, you find it's because it's another passion of theirs, which is really interesting trend that I've seen. Is certainly you know that uh, people have been there for a decade or something. No one's leaving to to go and work in pharmaceuticals or whatever or fruit selfridge freezers or something. They're all going to do something else that's their passion that they've learned. And it's I think it is an industry that's that breeds that mentality. It's like do what you love and do more of it Um, because there's all these new companies, you know, Liquid Swords, great company just down the road from here. You know, like you're saying, the 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 thing that Christopher's trying to build there and stuff. I mean, it's just everyone's doing that. Um and It's really really good to see. Yeah,
4: yeah uh, I agree with all that you said, and also I think it's yeah in general it's the wow effect when you just say like, hey, I I work with games, I do games, and like. People know what gaming is, and they're like, "Wow, that, that's cool." But also for me, for example, because I work with social media and communities, the, uh, it's it's cool to actually like spread the message that you can actually, you know, uh, change the industry. You can influence the industry. this is also really nice because you're not only working in gaming, but you actually can like spread nice messages and uh, yeah, like. Uh, Change how the industry evolves, I would say. So this is also like a really awesome thing for me to influence it, uh, and also like uh, working with people directly and uh, seeing them excited with your projects, like their reactions and things. This is also a really cool thing for me that I uh, like took from actually working here in gaming.
2: Yeah, no, um, I, I do notice coming uh, from a different. Audition industry that that the people behave in a different way like they are and uh probably um, i don't want to say the word arrogant but uh, they are more open to uh, to other ideas to different perspectives to do things in a different way and um, to put everything on its head and, and, and try and fail and, and repeat Um i think this is a very healthy mentality for the games industry which is uh, very flat at least in Sweden, it feels like it's very flat. Like you can just go and have a coffee with the with uh, the BP or the general director or, or with somebody else, and uh, and it feels um, uh, talking to peers. It doesn't feel like you're talking to your boss, which is like just uh, try to get their manuscript in place and talk to you looking down. But uh, there, I think the people are are quite
1: humble. All
0: right. Um. Then finally, uh, Matt, what was your question? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll kind of give you a bit of a context to this. So, coming from England that has a huge work culture, and one of the first questions you're ever asked in England um, whether you meet a random person, or even if you call into somewhere, like a radio show or something, you're asked, what do you do? So you're very much um, the conversation is led by what, what you are and what you do from a work perspective. You move to Sweden you are never asked that question. It's very rare you are asked, what do you do, from a from a Swedish person, maybe from another international person living in Stockholm or whatever, but you never asked it. There's the, it's almost a bit taboo to talk about work. Um, it's like this stigma like, Oh, we don't talk about work. It's, it's the bad thing. You know, no, no one really wants to do the job that they do. Everyone, you know, we, we all live for our families or our outdoor sports or something. So I think, but with, with games that, because we get, you know, the question is we often get consumed by game development because it is our, nine to five and whatever hours it is and then it's all when we get home it's game development so how do you um how do you draw a line between that work life and family life when games are everything for us so i think that's probably a question for Avelino first
2: ah uh, well um, uh, so drawing the line to be honest it's uh in ways, like not to do with, with, with the games, uh, in specific, I think it's, it's just a matter of being uh, disciplined uh, and true to your to yourself, like where are your real priorities that you prioritizing family, friends, mm-hmm. uh, you're prioritizing work, your own health, like uh, take a half an hour, an hour. Uh, once or twice a week to, to do an, an, an exercise, <laughs> or you're sitting behind a computer answering emails, organizing meetings, and uh, debugging horrendous C++ code or, or something like that. Um, so, um, it, again, it's back to the discipline, that it kind of get gets blurry for some people because they love games, they're so passionate, and uh, so they haven't found uh, all the time because they're doing what they love. Like I can imagine somebody, uh, tweaking a sound or t- tweaking a melody into the late the hours, uh, wee hours of the night. Uh, and, and then children start screaming, daddy, what are you, where are you doing? Uh, sorry. It's just, just this, 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 octated. wait, wait a second. It's, it's, it's wrong. <laughs> Need to tune in my bass again. Uh, so I, I think it's just a matter of discipline and, and prioritize. Mm.
1: Yeah and and just on that you know when when, it, when we talk about our kids and I kind of mentioned it before we we don't use the word work at home we don't say that because we don't want our kids to think work is a bad thing and work's this thing that we oh I've got to work I've got to work we I just call it focus I just say cuz we always tell our kids to focus like just focus on this get it done so I say look daddy's got to go and focus for a little bit um but it's again exp- they know that games are this consumption in our world that the only thing I want to talk about is the games we're making and luckily enough, they're kids. So they love games as well. So, so that, that division is very different, um, in our world, but I'd actually, we don't actually make the divide. Um, it's part of our, our daily lives. You know, what, what we do in the day is, is part of our daily lives. And, maybe my wife gets bored of me mentioning games all the time but she understands that it is it is a big thing and it is it is a future and luckily enough as you as you say everyone on the call it's um Whenever you talk to someone that you're in games, it becomes the hottest topic in the conversation normally. It's like, whoa, are you in games? What, what game do you do? What game do you make? What's your favorite game? So it, luckily enough, it is something. I, I would hate it to be another industry. It would be very difficult to be consumed by something this much um, and talk about it this much with everybody in your life. So, Alex, what do you reckon? I would
3: say, like, uh, I don't draw a line between it. I'm trying to make a good symbiosis between these two things, like a work and a life. Because, I mean... As I said, I do what I, I what the work for me itself is I what I really like to do. So why should I draw a line between it? If I really need to work more today, I do, If but I will work tomorrow less. That's the thing. It's going to be a balance between good symbiosis. That's the thing. Yeah, of course, as uh, Evelina said, that just don't struggle, don't lose anything you really think you really need to do and have a good priorities of the thing. You are like oh like morning did in the same
2: period. Yeah, I think um um it's fair to to comply say uh, push back to an reasonable amount of workload or or to a late meeting. Um, I believe that like sometimes you have to push back because um um at the end of the day you're pushing back because you you need that balance and that balance will enable to do better at your work. And I'm sure it's from life. So I I think uh, it's fair to push back. There's no shame in that.
4: Yeah, that's actually what I I wanted to say. The same thing that for me, it, it took me some time to actually understand that, uh, it's not only not good for me to think of the work all the time and be in the work all the time, but it's also not really nice for my company too, because I was first thinking that I'm actually like doing it better for my career and stuff, but actually I think no company would be happy with me being burned out and uh, not be able to do like regular things and not be able to do creative because I do a lot of like brainstorming and things like that and you need some space and you also need to do like hobbies and different things to get inspired and uh, you, you actually can be surprised like how can you actually get inspired by like random things and the things that is not gaming at all. Uh, And I think it's sometimes also the same with game development and things. You can get inspired and like create the game from, I don't know, mountain biking, like you're like Sander or something. (laughs) So I think this is actually nice sometimes to like uh, close the computer, go outside and like do something and try something new and use it for work. So yeah, this is my position about it i think it'd be great if we all worked on a way to
1: make the the word work have less negative connotation against it because whenever we mention work it's normally something that the next iteration is negative either it's late at night it's something i don't want to do but if we can change that you know when you say i'm doing game development it's the same thing for most of us but it, it doesn't come around with the same neg- negative connotation so i think i think like i say you our in our life we we try to try to use the word differently um so it doesn't come up in my kids in their generation as a negative thing it's something they look forward to doing um rather than they have to do yeah
0: just to sort of touch on what you guys were talking about before as you know talking about hybrid working and versus sort of working in the office and stuff do you guys think that hiring managers should be more flexible on this, like what's your opinion on like when people are trying to, you know, apply for new work or like hiring managers are, are looking out for new talent. Uh, do you think people have now the God-forgiven right to work from home? Uh, Alexandra, I'll start with you. Cause obviously Liquid Swords is quite unique is that, that people do go to the office very regularly, right?
3: Uh, yeah. I would say like it depends on the company and like the people who work there and like roles in the company, because it can be the case where like 10 people works from the office and just one person works, works on outside and it's not that like the best for everyone else. So it doesn't work at all. So yeah, hiring manager should like mention it to the new hire if it's needed. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it in liquid source we kind of needed to be in the office almost uh, every day and we have like some remote workers anyway, but yeah, <laughs> it depends on like case by case and like the structure and the rules of the company but yeah higher should be in charge of it and thinking about all the time
2: yeah i think it's it's a it, it, i don't know if it's seen as a god given right or as a perk but that that's when you um you need to think about it. if it's a perk uh that means that you'll have a place in the office and and uh, maybe it's a nice office and you want to be there uh, and, and if it's a ride, then you, you, you're going to approach it differently as a, both as a hiring manager and as a, as an applicant, uh, as a candidate, uh, because maybe you go in with the idea of, uh, okay, I live in the middle of nowhere, uh, in the middle of the forest, and I love my life in the middle of the forest. I'm not going anywhere near the big city. Whereas if it's a park... You are kind of expected to come every now and then to the office. Um, But again, it's very much dependent on the type of work you're going to do. I don't
1: don't think it's, it's certainly not an entitlement to be able to work from home. I think it's often about the culture that that company is trying to build as well. Because look, we all, as as founders and hiring managers, we all want to try and get the best out of that individual that we possibly can, whether that's from the, the contribution they give to the company. They're also meant their own well-being and mental health, but you've got to remember that most of the times they're part of a team as well. So to Alex's point of view, if most of that team are in the office every day because they live near the office or they live in the city, how is that other person that come in that could offer this great skill set, but how are they going to contribute to the overall well-being of the business and the culture? So it's a very difficult thing for the hiring managers of today, I think, because they have to balance all of these things now um, you know fast rewind five years ago and it was it was a perk to be able to work from home it wasn't an entitlement you were like oh yeah you can work one day a week from home and you would have gone yeah that's great i'm 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 accepting this role i'm joining this company be, knowing the rule sets but now it's like oh well you know i'm going to work from home how many times the question is how many times do i need to be in the office um and and i i think that will change i think the world is starting to shift again certainly in the creative world that we live in i think a lot of studios have struggled creatively and um to to win in this world um while everyone's been at home and now there's the requirement to come into the office more like as much as you can um so i, I do think you know to, to the other guy's point as well it just depends on the individual and the role that they're doing but we, we have to think how it affects the culture of the organization too yeah and, and, in, and in that in that aspect that the team manager must think about that person that isn't with the group in the office is is it working you know or can they bring in someone else that would want to work in the team in the office and maybe yeah, a kind of set but can amplify that team's work even better um so it's it's tricky it's like a sports team isn't it like often the the person who is the captain of the sports they might not be the best at the sport but they just know the most and they can rally the team yeah. together but they're all there together so it's it's uh, it's a tricky one melanie for the hiring managers but there's a lot of more things that we have to balance now
0: yeah and i guess then the challenge is that if you if the world is starting to change into okay we want more people to be in the office then your scope for talent suddenly becomes much smaller because if you have remote then you've got talent, you know, yeah. depending on the time zones, obviously, uh, I imagine if you're based in Stockholm and someone is based on, you know, West Coast America, that's that's a challenge. But then, then our hiring managers then have to deal with that. If you have to be in Stockholm, that that's fine. But then your, your talent pool shrinks, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So like I say, I think sometimes it's uh, sometimes you can go for a lesser experienced person in the talent pool because they amplify the team. Um, not necessarily the, you know, the, the day-to-day delivery that they'll do, but it's the other things they can bring to the team. So I think, you know, when we're looking at hiring people, we have to look at all different elements of that individual, not just what they can actually do to do with that job description. It, it's how else they'll affect the team.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. All right um so before we end today's podcast uh, i'd like to say thanks to all of our guests for coming on and sharing their thoughts been a really interesting discussion and lots of like diverse viewpoints as well which has been really awesome so once again our guests on today today's podcast uh, have been elena at freaks for you matt at landmarket avelino at ea and alex at liquid swords if you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message as well. Uh, my name is Melanie and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at melanie.lindsay nordicscom or visit us at evolutionjobs.com/se. Thank you again to all of our guests and thank you very much, uh, you guys, for listening and we hope that you can join us next time.